something elegantly informal, like this traditional blazer with casual check trousers and a trench-style raincoat. For Mum, how about this silk effect two-piece with a pleated skirt and a silk blouse in autumn colours? Our youngsters have designs on something colourful. Richard's gone for those jeans, which go down well in laundrettes. Hello there, you fallen fauna. It's Chappie, your British butler. Another edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese and live from New Chappie Towers, right from the crow's nest. I have live action for you. We have the rubbish men have arrived. The trash men have arrived with their compactor. We have a rather trim gentleman just pulling out two skips. He's pulling out two skips. He's having trouble with the second one. It's incredibly heavy. The wheels seem to be locked, but just through brute strength, he's pulling it out of the skip. And he's preparing it for the compaction. The compaction situation is going to be, uh, is going to be happening soon. It's a very, very dirty blue skip. All the waste and refuge has dripped down the side here. And uh, he's now, he's all on his lonesome as well. He has no buddies with him. And now he's put two forklift prongs down and he's uh, popping those prongs into the holes. And uh, with the strength and might of the automation, he's going to pull up this heavy burden skip. And up, up it comes. So he's, he's, just, uh, he's just getting his steadiness here right now. And he's popped those two... Uh, two like steel poles and it's lifting up he's having trouble it got caught on the side there for a second and then he's lifting it right up and he's tipping and a load of refuge is tipping into the truck as we speak all of my uh out of date eggs chappy uh risottos from the week and everything else as well and the skip is being put down to terra firma where It'll live to fight another day. There we go. How about that then? Live action, trash compaction for you. You can't say that we don't uh, have a little bit of spontaneity here on the podcast. Now and again, we have a little bit of spontaneity. Welcome along to the program. Hope your Friday has started off as well as mine. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to do that in the twilight, isn't it, really? And he's got the forklift, two prongs again. Now, this one... This is the baby daddy of the skips. This should be no trouble at all. It's only a quarter full. And up it tips. And up she and over she tumbles. And uh, his job is done in this corner of Chappie Towers for the day. And next week on the podcast, I'll be reading you the phone book. 
this is the sort of thing, this is why this whole podcast sort of emanated and evolved, was during lockdown, there was nothing else going on, was there? And, uh, yeah, I mean, people great, take great delight when there was no sport being played to somebody commentating on a rather ha- heavy skip being hauled into the air and tipped up with all the goodness and delights put into the compaction center. I mean, that would have gone... That might have gone viral during the pandemic, but now we've uh, reached over the other side of this pandemic. Uh, Yeah, it's it's not not going to get any sort of notoriety at all, is it? Really not going to do that. Well, welcome along. I'm sitting again as if they perch from the crow's nest. I'm above some of the trees, so I can really see the, uh, the golden, brownish, reddish leaves tumble and cascade from the branches to the earth here and i'm getting right into the midst i'm right into the depth here right into the heart of autumn as uh, as we speak and it's nice to be here i mean it's, it's a beautiful temperature at the moment like 70 degrees nice and warm you know i can still get away with my uh, badgie smugglers yes i always wear those that and the uh, that and the white string vest I'm ready to roll and ready to rumble on another Friday in our lives and our existence here on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. I'm just warning today, it's a little bit like uh, Scrooge and the Christmas Carol. Now, we're in October, so I can mention the Christmas Carol and uh, take my uh, rather shapely bowler hat off uh, to a Christmas Carol. But it reminds me a little bit of Ebenezer Scrooge and that piece of indigestible potato that he had in his potage during a Christmas carol. You may be an undigested bit of beef, a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of underdone potato. There's more gravy than of grave about you, whatever you are. Well, I've had a rather aged sausage this morning. Now, it's a week old sausage and I cut it up and put it into a burrito. Now, do you think that sausage is probably a little bit old? Do you think that sausage might be past its sell-by date? I'm a little bit concerned about it. Uh, so, you know, if I don't make it through the podcast, if I have a bad case of botulism or something along those lines, uh, make sure you call 999 or 911 or whatever your emergency helpline is and say there's a rather distressed uh, Green Around the Gills podcast host on the floor. He's still broadcasting, but that's his dedication to his art. But he has a bit of a dicky tummy and a rather old sausage in his belly that's causing him all sorts of jip. Thank you. So last week we had a podcast that really hit the decks uh, after the Lord Mayor showed us to speak. The, uh, the uh, stable door was open and the horse was already bolted. It was a little podcast with my uh, rather mischievous daughters who love nothing better than boshing and bantering and knocking their old dad down. It's, it's all taken in very good spirits and good heart, let me just tell you that. It's, it's just a little bit of gentle joshing, a little bit of gentle teasing. So we have that edition of the podcast uh, where I saw one of probably one of the creepiest dolls and Victoria conned me into thinking that she had access to my card and was about to buy a ton of ice cream. So that was last week's uh, podcast. Today, though, um, I can't sleep on 
the left-hand side of the bed. Just can't do it. It has to be on the right-hand side of the bed. Do you have a bedside? And uh, is there a direction when it comes to which side of the bed that you like to sleep? I think everybody has a side, don't they? But can you flux? Are you a sort of ambidextrous sleeper, so to speak, where you can sleep on either side of the said bed? The Reverend Richard Coles uh, doesn't have sausages with his full English breakfast. Now, I have the Mary Celeste sausages floating around ghost-like in my stomach right now that could give me a rather bad case of salmonella or botulism by the end of the podcast. So just warning you now, I may collapse over the microphone and that could be the end. This could be the last edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. The cauliflower cheese having a slightly out-of-date sausage being dipped into the cheese. That is the podcast today. We never talked about white chocolate bread pudding which um, had a little anniversary the other week. And it is the most delectable and deliciousness when it comes to desserts. Fantastic stuff as well. I had a corgi. I was wobbling along. I looked like the, uh, the tango guy. I looked like a probably retired sumo wrestler wobbling along just in my socks trying to chase after a corgi that was trying to break the minute mile. And nearly did it. I mean, you'd never think with those short legs and that big belly, she could not. Uh, you know, she really took off uh, like uh, like dogs after a hare at the tracks here. And uh, I, alas, was didn't have the quite the turn of speed. And then I had very, very wet socks as well, trying to avoid dog feces scattered all over the grass here at New Jabby Towers trying to rescue a corgi that was determined to get onto a busy road. We'll be having that later on. So Instagram is turning very, very dirty these days. Dirty, let me tell you. Dirty. Uh, Yeah, so Instagram's turning dirty. There's all sorts of advertising. As I was posting a picture of me stirring a rather velvety macaroni and cheese, I got a rather disturbing uh, like from a bot account it was a rather disturbing like from a bot automated and generated uh, account as well da vinci teeth whitening are trying to get me to go in and uh, sparkle up my gnashes so to speak as well banana man how to make a cough lozenge yes we have very helpful uh, hints and news here on the podcast public service broadcasting at its absolute best here do you believe in teamwork? Well, everybody seems to have Zoom backgrounds now, uh, really enhancing the team spirit and teamwork event. We haven't covered that. Uh, the Salem Witches Noose in the Wood. Maybe I'm going to, maybe I'll position that and leave that to Halloween here. Um, the marijuana is indeed following me. Well, not personally follow me, but uh, I thought I'd escaped at New Chappie Towers the essence of marijuana in my closet. If I wanted to get high, I just went into my closet at Old Chappie Towers. And uh, should I leave my portrait, my infamous Chappie portrait that was uh, painted by an ex-girlfriend of mine, I'm thinking I should leave it at Chappie Towers to haunt them for a millennia. Also a new game as well that I've witnessed. Some live action sports, he said. We had the live action uh, trash compaction a few minutes ago. Uh, but there is some more live-action sports that I've noticed as I stare out of my window from the autumnal scene here. 
important things that I added to my calendar as well. Very, very important uh, information that I had to add to my calendar to remind me. Michael Caine and John Barry did live live together at some point, and the the guy is getting ready maybe for the Chicago Marathon. Isn't that in a few weeks or maybe this weekend? He is the vaping runner. It's not often that actors and actresses span across decades, but Angela Lansbury, Dame Angela Lansbury, who died just a few days short of her 97th birthday the other day, certainly scanned and skimmed and shimmered her way through the decades. From myself growing up on bed knobs and broomsticks to my children loving Mrs. Potts and obviously Jessica Fletcher and Murder, She Wrote, a slightly Americanized Miss Marple, if you can call it that, with some ridiculous plot lines. But it's, it's a sort of rather comforting staple of the 80s. And then in her uh, latter years, getting back onto Broadway and having the heart of a lion right up until the end. So she died on Tuesday. She became a legend in Hollywood and on Broadway during a career that spanned an impressive eight decades and saw her taking on roles, some of the industry's best-known stars when she was just a teen, with the actress landing her first major movie job four years after she fled wartime London at the age of 14. Having moved to New York with her actress mother after leaving their home in the UK, Lansbury just dedicated herself to the love of drama. She first burst onto the film scene in spectacular fashion at the age of 17 when she landed her first role in the 1944 thriller Gaslight and saw her holding her own against the big screen against Hollywood heavyweights like Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer. I was wrapping a Christmas gift in the department store, she said one minute, then playing opposite Ingrid Bergman the next. It was a little short of a miracle. The job would ultimately earn her a contract with MGM as well as the first of three Oscar nominations for Best Supporting Actress, the second of which came a year later for her role in The Portrait of Dorian Gray and it marked the beginning of an illustrious career on the stage and screen during which she would star alongside a number of industry icons including Gene Kelly, Catherine Hepburn. However, too many TV lovers... Lansbury, who is survived by three children and three grandchildren, was best known for a portrayal of the mystery writer and amateur detective Jessica Fletcher in the hit American TV drama Murder, She Wrote, which ran for 12 seasons from 1984 until 1996. Even her voice earned her recognition the world over. She lent it to the iconic Beauty and the Beast character Mrs. Potts in Disney's 1991 animation Beauty and the Beast. As I say, scanning the decades... My daughters would remember her as Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. Speaking to the New York Times in 2009, Lansbury noted she wasn't very good at being a starlet. Wasn't cut out for the bright glare of the spotlight that came with life as one of Hollywood's glamorous leading ladies. I wasn't very good at being a starlet. I didn't want to pose for the cheesecake photos and that kind of thing. It was really difficult. I tried to fit in, but really wasn't cut out for it. The actress also noticed she wasn't skilled at playing the industry grain, joking at a time she maybe slept with more people or played the MGM producer and co-founder Lewis Mayer in order to get ahead. Bella Lansbury was made a dame by the Queen in 2014. It was a very proud day for me to be recognised by the country of my birth and to meet the Queen under those circumstances is a rare and lovely occasion.
If the criterion is grandness and grandness alone, then the grandest dame of them all was Dame Edith Sitwell, the poet who back in the 1950s at the height of her grandness would intimidate her enemies by regarding them as a pair of lorgnettes. These days, it's a term generally reserved for elderly female actors, hearty, salty, imperious. Americans can do it, of course. Elaine Stitch was very great, so very grand, but may struggle to ascend to the highest reaches of haughtiness achieved by Dame Maggie Smith or Dame Edith Evans. You could be a national treasure, meanwhile, without being a grand arm. Lansbury certainly fits into this category. For theatre roles, Lansbury had too much self-awareness. There was an archness to her performance that seemed to wink at the audience and just, well, the business of singing and acting is faintly ridiculous after all. And of course, when you like to play it like that, so it is. As Jessica Fletcher, however, she convinced me. I liked her as a teapot. Given her god-lover status, it's a miracle she does being cast as the batty old dame in the endless current remakes of Poirot. But that's possibly why I liked her the most. Lansbury appears in a brief cameo that nods to murder she wrote. Heyday, Stephen Soldheim, who died in November at 91, also appears in the scene which takes place over a Zoom call with Daniel Craig's detective character, R. Blank in Knives Out. Jen Zier's first knew her as a teapot, but Angela Lansbury's a Hollywood icon and everything was in full color. Do you have an issue when you move to a new house trying to remember which side of the bed you sleep? I know it's right or left side. Oh, there's my ginger pussycat just uh, gently meandering across the parking lot as I speak here. That's one big cat. It uh, obviously loves its whiskers. Anyway, so I'm having problems. With it. So I know that I sleep on the right side of the bed, but it doesn't quite feel, it doesn't feel comfortable to me yet. So the world is divided into two camps. Those who sleep on the left and those who sleep on the right side of the bed. And most of us wouldn't dream of switching sides. And rightly so, considering new research has revealed that indeed a correct side of the bed to sleep on. The sleep charities revealed new data for the National Bed Month. That sounds fascinating, doesn't it? Uh, the data compiled for National Bed Month from a survey of 2,000 UK adults by the sleep charity and National Bed Federation turns out that there's some chivalry involved choosing a side of the bed, with 36% of men letting their partner choose which side they'd like to sleep on, compared to just 22% of women. Interestingly, men tend to opt for the left-hand side of the bed, while women were found to be creatures of habit, with over half, 54%, choosing their side of the bed simply because they have always slept on that side. I'm a right-hand sleeper. I'm a right-hand drive in the bed. Uh, other reasons for opting for one side over the others is the partner's preference, 36%, and closest to the bedroom door, 24%. Men were also revealed to be more superstitious sleepers than women, with 15% of men saying that they're guided by superstition when choosing their sleeping side compared to just 10% of women. Choosing a side of the bed based on superstitions is more commonplace in younger adults, 18 to 24. London was found to be the most superstitious area, with over a fifth, 21% of Londoners, allowing their feelings to dictate which side of the bed they sleep on compared to just 5% of those in Wales. The location of their technology seems to play a role, with 43% of 18 to 24 males choosing their side of the bed because of the better view of the television. As research to suggest, 
that it's more than just a habit that people who sleep on the left side wake up in a more positive mood, calmer and feel more confident in general than people who choose to sleep on the right-hand side of the bed, say psychologists. People who sleep on the right on the hand are believed to be grumpy and have a less positive outlook on the world. Well, that could probably ring true. Surtees says that practical elements of picking a side of the bed can come into play. For instance, on a subconscious level, people generally feel safer sleeping next to a wall instead of a window. And it can also depend on how your room is laid out or noise. Well, that could be the problem because I used to sleep next to a wall. Now, on the right-hand side, I'm actually sleeping next to the window. I'll feel much safer if I'm on the right next to the window, if I have my Spider-Man Jim Jams on, spurt out webs from my wrists to protect me from heavy fall. A sausage floating around my gut at the moment, like a wind-ravaged and sea-ravaged buoy. Ah, oh, but Reverend Richard Coles, now he's retired from being a priest, but he has his full English breakfast, I mentioned this before, minus the sausage, and he thinks this is the way forward. So, it's a little bit of a rate-my-plate. He has two rashes of uh, back bacon, quite a large mushroom, a tomato, two fried eggs, and then he has a... It's almost like a Tower of London torture weapon where you'd pour boiling oil or boiling tar, but instead of boiling tar, his is filled with baked beans. And these are some of the responses. I like to think that you took that bean pan thing and down the contents in one go, then gus ah, at the end, whilst wiping your mouth back with, with the back of your hand with an exuberant flourish. And somebody filmed the whole thing. And somebody said, minus the eggs would be better. Confused, why no sausage? And uh, the reverend said, too much uh, for an elderly gentleman before matins. Where in Yorkshire would they faff about with a pan for beans? I hate saucepans on my plate, slates, boards, trugs, flower pots, paper dollies under food. What does it matter with people? All this beautiful porcelain and china designed to hold food and can be warmed, retains its color forever, proper crockery for me. And Beanie totally agrees with Jeremy Pemberton. Totally agree. My most pet hate, apart from eating off slates, wooden boards, is fish and chips on a plate with faux newspaper underneath. You get bits of soggy paper as you eat. Many are not having this. Oh no, bring back the sausage and get rid of the beans. Elbow the tomato and beans and hail the return of the banger. I have found my heaven on earth. I know I've mentioned this before, but if I only have it once a year. Aren't I so disciplined? But white chocolate bread pudding is heaven and a place on earth. It is the absolute delicious wonder, the gold medal of all puddings. And then various iterations of bread and butter pudding, uh, like a bread and butter pan of chocolate pudding, that's absolutely delectable as well. There's something wonderful about pieces of bread in a pan with custard over the top and that hint of the white chocolate sauce. Now, there is a big argument that the flimsy white loaf bread uh, doesn't have enough structural integrity and you need some sort of brioche, but I say that is absolute nonsense. You need something that's gonna soak up that chocolatey, custody goodness. Get pumpkin spice, bread pudding, 
especially white chocolate bread pudding, should be clarion call for autumn and the autumn season. Some live breaking news for you right now. The live sound graph, it's the uh, pound versus the dollar. As live Boris Johnson in a hotel room in Colorado Springs. Yeah, he's not quite as young as he used to be. Saw a large British man on Sunday uh, wearing just his sock. Well, not just my socks. I had other clothes on as well, but I didn't have any shoes. So it was just my socks. Uh, running after a uh, rather rotund corgi, then you probably know it was me. So the other day, uh, got an incredibly well-trained dog here. So the first time in New Taffy Towers, right up at the crow's nest, uh, I reached out to pick up this god-forsaken awful doll, and Maggie the Corgi scarping out of the door, down three or four flights of stairs, and I was chasing after her. I didn't have a chance to put my socks on, so I was avoiding all sorts of uh, dirt and umsker all over the grass here. And, I mean, it was just... I just she was bounding and running as fast as she could, like absolute, like a whippet out of the shot there. And me bumbling and stumbling and very, very slow, sort of snail pace, sloth-like pace after, trying to stop as she was going towards the road. She's going to head towards freedom. In the battle of the short legs and long body and big belly, I have to say the corgi did indeed win. I'll recount this in a text message that I sent. Yes, but the more I ran after, the more she ran away. Out of the door, down the stairs, past the pool, nearly onto the road. Only Victoria calling her brought her back and she ran up three flights of stairs home. <coughs> Instagram is turning very, very dirty. So the other day, I wanted to post a lovely, lovely picture and video, little boomerang, that's where uh, I think it goes in reverse slightly, then forward slightly. So it's perfect for showing stirring videos of delicious velvety mac and cheese. And that's what I wanted to post on my story on Instagram last Sunday. And then as I was posting it, the first like that I got on the video was uh, some, I assume, hopefully, some Instagram bot saying, watch me bonk. So... It's me stirring velvety delicious mac and cheese while somebody's suggesting that I watch them bonk. Well, thanks very much, but my macaroni and cheese is creamy enough. So already there's a lot of people rolling around our neck of the woods suffering from dry hacking coughs. Already, it's only the autumn. So I think it would be a great idea to share a recipe to make your own cough lozenges. It's so empowering to be able to create your own medicines just how you need it, specifically for yourself and your family. So this is what you need for the dry throat herbal lozenges. Three quarter cups of water, one tablespoon of marshmallow root, one tablespoon of echinacea root, one tablespoon of encampane root, one tablespoon of peppermint, one tablespoon orange peel, one tablespoon of thyme, one tablespoon anise seed, half a cup of marshmallow root powder, plus an extra quarter cup for rolling. It sounds like you're making yourself into a s'more with all this marshmallow. And then two to three tablespoons of raw honey. Combine the marshmallow root with a quarter cup of water, place in fridge overnight, strain the morning, it'll be slimy, but that's good news, is it? 
Simmer half a cup of wort with echinacea and the El Campane root for 10 to 20 minutes in a cinnamon stick if you like. Remove from the heat, add the peppermint, thyme, hyssop and orange peel. Cover and steep for 15 minutes. Add two to three raw honey to a quarter cup of measuring cup. Fill the rest of the measuring cup with two to three, two thirds tea concentrate and a third of the marshmallow goo. In a bowl, add the contents of a quarter measuring cup, half a cup of the powdered marshmallow roots, stir together, make into a dough. Use a rolling pin or clean water bottle to roll out the dough, a quarter, half inch thick. So it's like a devil's own job trying to find a rolling pin these days, isn't it? Cut into little pieces using a bottle cap, lay on cookie sheet to dry. If you have a dehydrator, that works best. So this is all the goodness that's in this cough lozenge. The marshmallow root. Uh, very mucilicious, moistening, cooling, a demulcent with an affinity for the respiratory tract and the digestive system. It's specific for respiratory catarrh, bronchitis, and irritating coughs. Echinacea aids the body in ridding itself of microbial infections effective of fighting off viral and bacterial infections. Campane is an expectorant, meaning it helps loosen the phlegma. The peppermint relieves symptoms of asthma and chronic bronchitis. The orange peel has a lung cleansing effect by helping expel and break down congestion. The thyme, highly antiseptic. The hyssop loosens phlegma in cases of irritable coughs, chronic catarrh, and bronchitis. It also promotes sweating, which I don't need. It can be very beneficial for colds and flu. Another reason I need need cost lozenges, so as you know, in my last place, I had a big problem with marijuana in my closet. So all my clothes are hanging, and my next door neighbor, wherever he was smoking, it used to seep through into my closet. I could get high in my closet, basically. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm moving to a new place. I'm a little bit higher up. Does smoke rise or fall? I think it may rise. Anyway, I thought, first few days, I can't smell any marijuana, which is great. And then I started opening my window, and it's everywhere. But it's most pungent, and I thought this might have been my uh, sweaty underoos, uh, but it's most pungent in the laundry room. So I went down and think, well, I better wash these sweaty T-shirts from the gym. Yes, I'm still going to the gym, peeps. And, uh, and the underoos. And I thought, well, that's probably what the smell is. That's why it smells a little skunky. So I uh, did all the washing, uh, used lovely, beautiful, fragrant dry sheets, and I could still smell pot. So my uh, new neighbor here at uh, New Champy Towers is smoking pot, and it's seeping into my laundry room now. Houston, I think we have a problem. And in other news, eagle-eyed art fans have been left shocked after spotting what appears to be a time traveler holding an iPhone in a 150-year-old painting. The piece titled The Expected One depicts a young girl walking down a country road with her eyes fixed in a small square object in her hands. Painted in 1860 by Edric Ferdinand George Waldmuller, the picture was created more than a century before the invention of the mobile phones. Despite this, some viewers are convinced that the girl is staring intently at the iPhone. With her gaze fixed downwards towards the object, she unknowingly makes her way towards a boy holding out a pink flower, ready to woo her. She didn't even notice him. However, art critics insist that the item the girl's had had nothing to do with modern day technology. Experts say that the reason why the girl is looking down is not because she's using an iPhone, but she's reading a prayer book. 
reports the Daily Star. The painting displayed in the new uh, Finnethak Museum in Munich, Germany, home to hundreds of paintings of the 18th and 19th century. Retired local Glasgow government officer Peter Russell, the first person to notice the potential hidden detail while visiting the gallery of his partner. What strikes me most is how much a change in technology has changed the interpretation of the painting. Gerard Weinpold, the CEO of Austrian Paintings and Art Agency, exclaimed that the girl is not playing with the latest iPhone, but holding a prayer book on her way to church. It's not the first time a supposed iPhone had been spotted in an old painting. Six years ago, Apple boss Tim Cook, Tim Apple, claimed he spotted an iPhone in a 17th century painting in Amsterdam. Was it in a 17th century painting or was it the iPhone 17? Oh, I get so confused. I always thought I knew when the iPhone was invented, but now I'm not so sure anymore. What great marketing that is. The Apple chief stated, shared an anecdote from his trip to the Dutch capital where he came across a painting and thought he saw the subject holding an iPhone. Until last night in one of the paintings, I was shocked there was an iPhone in one of the paintings. So back in the day, when you uh, were looking down at your supposed uh, 17th century Georgian iPhone, uh, you wouldn't be hit by a car for not paying attention. You'd be maimed by horse and cart. I wonder if your last request before being put to the guillotine would be, can I check my Instagram feed? You're going to kill me? I think that requires the upside down smiley face emoji. There should not be an excess of dog refuge, doggy poo-poo anymore. I found poofreeparks.com, poofreeparks.com. These are the uh, lads and lasses that supply the uh, doggy waste bags as you go on your walk here. Help keep your parks and planet green and clean. Please pick after after your pet. These extra large bags, I wouldn't say they're extra large, are available at www.poofreebags.com. So does this dispenser need attention? I found a dispenser that didn't have any bags the other day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to text this station ID uh, I can either text or call the station ID and we'll see, see what happens is I'm going to text the station ID because the poo dispenser did not have any poo bags well no text message back so I'm just going to give these uh, these little puppies a call here we're going to give these little puppies a call so it's a local number and we'll see if anybody can help me with the missing bag situation. Well, hi. I just want to say, uh, I, I, I got, I was, I was looking on your park, poofreeparks.com, and there was a number to call. Does this dispenser need attention? There's no bags. And what is it that, what did you find online? It, it was poofreeparks.com. Help keep your parks and planet green and clean. And there was a number. Does this dispenser need your attention? And this number was on the, uh, on the bottom of the sign. Okay, and what is it that you need? Is dog refuge bags? Poop poop bags? Okay, um, it's actually for pros. It, so the park, it doesn't have any in the location. Oh, not, not for five days. Well, hi there. I just wanted to let you know um, that, that, that these poo-free bags, uh, I was on a trail walking with my dog for the last five days. There's been no poop bags. Are you in a HOA community? Uh, no, just a trail. Just, uh, I think it's a trail. And it says okay, it gives it... maintained by the pros department. It, le it, le it gave me a oh, number okay. to call. It is uh, 7,000. Okay, this is not... 
the number that you called. This is well, I called the number and they, to... I, I called the number and they transferred me over to you. Okay, well that isn't right because Parks and Recreation, they're the ones which who maintain that you reach Public Works. So I'm not sure if they did not have the correct number to transfer you, but I can get you over to that department. Wow, thank you, Mom. All right, you're welcome. Please hold. Find the City of Aurora Parks can help you. Why, hi there. I walk my dog along the trail, and there's a sign saying poofreeparks.com. Does this dispenser need attention with this number? So I called this number I was transferred over to you. There's been no poo bags in this dispensary for about five days. Uh, I've got the cold here, the station ID number. Sorry, let's just put my glasses on it. A, uh, it's A-U-R-L-A-R-01. Okay, A-U-R-L-A-R-01. Okay. Um, yeah, I can go ahead and put in a ticket for this. So what we do is we put it in through a ticket through our online system. And since I'm in pros, I would actually route it to the supervisor for this area. Um, did you want to be included on that ticket so you could see any progress on there or updates? No, it's okay. I've got I've got bags, but I th- you know I I just you see a lot of waste around oh, yeah, there. You know, absolutely. I mean uh, I mean I these are it, great yeah. bags as well. These are the best bags I've ever had. You know, I oh, really good. thank good. you so much for those. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you so much for calling it in. All right, bye bye. Thank you. Have a great day. Seriously though, the fingers never broken through the bag once. They are the best bag. They're strong as tungsten. Let me tell yous. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Chappy the British Butler. As your delight, delectation, your servitude. And I'm here as your humble, humble servant. Mom. If you like the podcast, like and subscribe across Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Slacker, Breaker. You can listen on Amazon Music, you can listen on Audible. The one time my finger came close to penetrating the poopfreebag.com bags, they're extra large, they're as large as black sacks, let me tell you, but they're as close as it came to piercing the plastic. I could hear keep calming cauliflower cheese emanating as my finger was nail was almost a stylus playing keep calming cauliflower cheese to the whole worldwide listenership. If you like music, there's a Butler and Poor musical edition that you can listen to the podcast. And it's uh, basically great music, fantastic music mixed with my utter mediocre idiocy. Yes. This week, there's plenty of Angela Lansbury, a little bit of Beauty and the Beast, Be My Guests, Beauty and the Beast, some Ben Folds in there as well. We have some Beatles. We have uh, some excess John Lennon as well. Lots of soul, lots of rock and roll, lots of rockabilly for you, the Keep Calm and Charlie Fire Cheese listener. Coming up next for you, though, we have an autumnal-flavored poem. Lyric night of the lingering Indian summer, shadowy fills that are scentless but full of singing, never a bird but the passionless chant of insects, ceaseless incessant the grasshopper horn and far off high in the maples, the wheel of a locust leisurely grinding the silence under a moon waning and worn, broken, tired with summer, 
Let me remember you, voices of little insects, weeds in the moonlight, fields that tangled with asters. Let me remember soon will the winter be on us, snow hushed and heavy. Over my soul murmur me your mute benediction, while I gaze, O fields that rest after harvest, as those part look long in the eyes and lean to, lest they forget them. We'll be back again before the close of the weekend. Enjoy the harvest festival of nature that is upon us. Such beauty this time of year. Until next time, chappy out. Cheerio. It's gone for those jeans, which go down well in laundrettes. Get in your head now, sweetie. Jolly good idea. <laughs>